Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my beautiful guest for today is Laura Solomon. Laura is a family nurse practitioner, mother, teacher, visionary, author, retreat facilitator, plant medicine advocate, speaker, and podcaster. With over three decades of experience as a healthcare professional and wisdom teacher, she shines a light on the role of survival programming on our health and our human potential. Wow. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a blessing to have you with us, Laura. And I am so excited to be delving into the themes that we're going to be discussing today. Yeah, I feel like we could talk all day. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I always love to start by asking my guests, what does Sacred Feminine Power mean to you personally? Well, to me, at this point, I don't differentiate so much between power and Sacred Feminine Power. Because for me, if if I see myself as sacred and I'm a woman and I'm in my power, then I'm in my sacred feminine power. You know, it's it's not a separate thing. But I would also say that this the unique power of the feminine to be able to receive, um, and that is receive guidance, receive, um, you know connection with my higher self. I feel like that is a unique feminine power that is that I have that I'm blessed to have access to because in this lifetime I am in a woman's body. Hmm, beautiful. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to delve deeper into <laughs> into this topic in a little bit, but before we go there Laura, I would love to hear from you about a challenge that you have faced on your path that's really helped you to activate this this power within you and helped you to understand it at a deeper level as well. Yeah, I, I, looking back now, I see that my path has been shaped by two very powerful forces. One is that I was raised in a Christian cult and was pretty strongly um, disempowered in that and had a near-death experience in that and had to, and chose to, I mean, not, not to be too dramatic, but to, to leave to save my life. I mean, it really was. I do believe that, that it, that I would not be alive today if I had not left, but I had to leave most of my family to do that. And so that was one challenge. And then kind of ran from that straight into the arms of uh, Western healthcare slash science and slowly came to uh, or gradually came to through my own illness, realized the limitations of that. And in a way had to do, well, chose to do the same thing, leave for the sake of my life. And I do believe that because I was on a track that I would be, I would not be alive today if I had not 
taken my health into my own hands. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, those are certainly two very, very powerful initiations <laughs> that mm-hmm. definitely took you to the edge in, in more than one yes. way. Would you be comfortable sharing with our audience a little bit more about the health journey that you were on? Sure. Um, so it started as depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. And I actually did have a suicide attempt as a teenager. And, but I was medicated in my uh, late 20s, early 30s, and kind of thought I had dealt with that, although I hadn't, it was just kind of suppressed. And then it started to show up as chronic. Well, first it showed up and my my ovary literally tied itself in a knot and it had to be surgically removed. That was an emergency. You know, in in earlier time periods, that, that would have I would have died. A woman would have died from that type of emergency. So in a way, Western medicine saved my life in that in doing that surgery for me. Um, but the pain that or the, the the trauma that was held in my body was still there, even though they took my ovary out. So mm. they took the physical organ out, but the trauma that that organ was holding was still and in my energy system, in my in my in my body, in mm-hmm. my psyche. And so then it came back as chronic pain later. And I was going from doctor to doctor. No one could really I got you know, different diagnosis, but no one could really tell me why it was happening. And the solution was always another pill. So I got to the point where I was suicidal again. And um, I was taking about 10 different pills a day. My Mm -hmm. hair was falling out, I was losing weight. And I remember a specific moment. I cry. Hmm. Holding space for you, Laura. Thank you for being so vulnerable here. I have two daughters. I have two daughters. They were um, three and five. And I was seriously contemplating suicide. And... Just remember, something came up inside of me, like I was going to start fighting for my life, and and I was going to do it for them. Mm. And that in that moment, I think they saved my life because I'm not sure I would have done it for myself. Mm. And. Ooh, so so that's what happened. And then that began, that started me on the journey of really understanding how trauma is held in the body and how that can show up and how necessary it is to heal at that level. Mm-hmm. And then began the journey of, as a nurse practitioner, practicing in a way that allowed me to to be in integrity with that, with what I knew about how the body will express um, and communicate what it wants us to know. And even it's like our body knows when we don't want to know. And 
Yeah. So, and, and I'm grateful to say that, you know, I had, I did heal from that. I don't have that pain in my body. And I also healed from the depression and Mm. the suicidal ideation and and all of that. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and what a blessing to, to all of us that you did indeed heal and you are still here and here for your, your children, but also Mm -hmm. doing the work that you're doing. So thank you for your courage and for going through that healing process, which isn't always easy. No, it wasn't. And, and I have my sister, my sister did not, was not able to, to recover from the events that happened and she died at 44. Mm. And so another thing that that I struggle with and that also I think motivates me is that that I was not able to help her. Mm. And and I think wanting to help as many people as I can is something that really motivates me. But accepting that I can't help everyone is also a challenge. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that challenge as well. Yeah. 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 Mm. Beautiful. Well, thank you again for sharing so vulnerably, Laura. And I know that you have just shared really beautiful medicine with our listeners. And I know that quite a few of them will be able to relate to to what you've been sharing. So thank you. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to hear a little bit more from you, Laura, in terms of how these challenges that you've gone through, how are they supporting you now in the work that you do now in terms of healing and transforming people's lives? Yeah, well, I think you just said that this is my medicine. Hmm. And I believe that there's an alchemy that happens when we are willing and able to heal that our wounds, there's something that happens there that it becomes medicine. And we are then walking medicine. Mm. And so, so that's the gift. It's, it's, first of all, the medicine was for me. And I, you know, I, needed to alchemize that to save my own life for myself. So it was very personal. I didn't set off to make this, you know, to to do this for other people. It was like it was life or death for me. And it just so turns out that now it's actually a gift that I can share. Mm. And very likely contributing to lives of others in a very, very literal way. Mm-hmm. Mm, beautiful. What, what is it that you now do in your healing work? How do you support your clients? Well, I, re- I wrote a book this year called Wounds to Wisdom. I'll just, I don't know if we'll have this on video, but I'll hold it up here. There it is. Beautiful. And it is uh, fun- feel your pain, find your power, fuel your purpose. That's what this book is about. And in the book, I tell in my story. And I talk about the energy center. So what I do is I work with people one-on-one, taking them through. I use the hero's journey as the framework of facing a challenge, you know, 
going through that process, going into the dark cave, going into the shadow, get, you know, gaining the power and then bringing that gift back. So I use that as a framework. And then I also use understanding of the energy centers in the body and how blocks in the body show up as different, as different behaviors, as different habits, as different physical manifestations. So a lot of it is really helping people to understand their equipment, their instrument. If you think, I think of the body as an instrument of the soul. And most of us don't know that's what it is and don't understand how to work with it and mm. to partner with it in, in that way. So it's teaching, taking those, and these might seem like very big ideas, but I make them very practical. So I'm, I'm, I'm a down to earth, you know, I like these big ideas, but my answer is, okay, how, do, how does that you know, help a person who's standing in their kitchen right now? Like, how, how does yeah. that help them to heal, to become more whole, to be in their sacred feminine power or whatever it is that they're, or solve whatever problem they're facing in this moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do that online. I have an online course and I have groups that I work with. And then I also work with plant medicine, psilocybin. Mm-hmm. And psilocybin was part of my journey in the first time I ever felt safe in my body was during a psilocybin experience. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know that I had never felt safe in my body until that experience. And then I felt, I actually felt myself. I felt my body. I felt how connected I was to nature, to Mother Earth, to Gaia. I mean, I I've, I experienced that. It wasn't just an idea or a thought. You know, it was an it was a lived experience. And you know, psilocybin or any kind of um, non ordinary state of consciousness. You know, it, it's a place that we can inhabit for a while and then we kind of come back to our whatever our baseline is but for me that that helped me to almost see where I was going and what was possible and allow me to really experience that I wasn't broken Mm. like I I did I think I thought that I was broken and that I was just gonna have to kind of patch myself up and hobble along and I was not ever really going to be a full my full self mm-hmm. reach reach my full potential and so um yeah so plant medicine it's not for everybody and not everyone that I, I work with does it but it is it is a it is a can be a big catalyst when done in the right way it can bust down a door and open it can open a door break down a door it can't make someone walk through the door <laughs> or stay on the other side of the door. It can't do any of this. This has its limitations. I feel like we're at this moment where plant medicines are coming back into like everyday conversation. You see, you know, New York Times and you see it, you know, in, in major medical journals and things. So it's, it's, it's coming back, but it's not, you know, and I'm very hopeful about it and excited about it, but it's also not. Um, going to be the end all be all. It's going to be a powerful tool 
that's what I see in myself and then the people that I work with. But I I do appreciate how powerful a tool it is because I've mm-hmm. seen miraculous experiences with what what could have been seen as miraculous, but people really um understanding really deeply that they're not broken and there's so much healing and just knowing that and also feeling safe in their body because healing can only happen when there's safety Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and i think it's the, the idea of not feeling safe our bodies is so much more common than we would expect and as you said earlier so many of us don't even realize that we don't feel safe in our bodies and it really takes an experience of being able to surrender to the realization like, wow, I'm okay. I actually feel safe mm-hmm. for you to really realize how, how contrary things have actually been in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a lot of behaviors that um, people engage in are really forms of self-protection. Hmm. And so yeah. when when you when a person realizes they don't need to be in self-protection mode all the time, then it opens up, you know, even if you just think of it on the physiological level and the biological level, if all of your resources, your physical resources are going to protection, yeah, you don't have the resources for creation. That's for right. a real problem solving, you know, it's just, it's the analogy is if you, if you were in your house and something dangerous was going outside on outside, it wouldn't be the time you would start thinking about, you know, painting or redecorating or, you know, getting new furniture. You would be focused on how do I board up my windows? How do I bar the door? How do I protect myself? Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah, that's the analogy of what happens in the body and the manifestation, something as simple as high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. High blood pressure comes from feeling not safe. Right. Yeah. Chronically. Like th- that's what it's you know, to raise your blood pressure is a is a stress response. And then what is supposed to happen is we deal with the stressor and then it comes back down. But in our modern world, most of us live with chronic stress. Mm. And so the blood pressure goes up and it doesn't come back down or it comes down a little bit. And the next day it goes back up again and it's up all day. And before you know it, you have a new baseline. Yeah. 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 So Absolutely. Yeah. And that constant state of needing to survive rather than... Mm -hmm relaxing into just being and allowing who we truly are to become expressed in that state of being is it really is a foreign concept for a lot of people yeah and it really is very simple (laughs) right it's like if you have a child you're a mother you know it's it's so instinctual and you understand that the first thing is to keep the baby safe Hmm. right yeah absolutely yeah but i guess we are i mean your example is is really an extreme one in terms of having lived in a christian cult and having been exposed to 
I would imagine what could be termed really systematic brainwashing from a very, yeah. very early mm-hmm. age. Mm-hmm. But for all of us, I mean, we we start putting up walls from a very early age and the survival mechanisms are really just integrated into our cellular memory at, mm-hmm. at such a deep level that it becomes the norm and something that we just do automatically in order to get by without realizing yeah. that things could be really, really different. Yeah. It, it's interesting to observe. Like I'm in, I'm working with someone who has been had some trauma and had a had a way of dealing with it. And what's interesting to observe in him is that feeling actually safe and calm is so foreign that it it almost activates a sense of something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's and so to have someone to say it's okay to actually let your nervous system be calm. It's actually good. <laughs> you know, and you know, the most the most common drug we use around the world is caffeine. Right. And caffeine is a stimulant. It kind of keeps us almost in a stress response state. Mm -hmm. But that's just one example of where, you know, this culture of, um, and I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a coffee hater. So I love the smell of coffee and all of that, but it's, it's, it's just an observation, you know, and then this, Mm -hmm. I don't know if the second most common drug is alcohol or nicotine, but, you know, nicotine is also a stimulant. And then a lot of people use alcohol to then calm themselves down later right. in the day. <laughs> right. Yeah. So these are just yeah. part of our culture, right? You don't think anything twice about your cup of coffee in the morning and your glass of wine at night and maybe a, a smoke or two during the day. But what is that doing? You know, how is that affecting the body? Yeah. And your potential. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true, because so many of these stimulants and relax uh, tools for relaxation are actually, well, blocking our mm-hmm. intuition and blocking our true selves from coming yes. through. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, then your true self starts to come through. And then depending on who you are, where you are, what kind of support you have, you know, society's not always friendly to that. Very true. Right. We talked, we were talking previously about the burning times, right? The, mm. And, you know, what, what were witches? They were women whose intuition was intact and their connection with the earth was intact. Really yeah. All they were. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Women unafraid to speak their truth and stand in their power and often mm-hmm. midwives, herbalists, yeah, healers, seers. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I love the work that you do with the deep wound healing. You know, first mm. just acknowledging that they're there; these wounds are there, because mm. sometimes I think it can there can be a sense that there's something not quite right, but you don't even know what it is. That's right. You know, like wanting to have strong women around you, but getting caught in these cycles of competition and jealousy, uh-huh. right? That's the, we, that's the sister wound coming up, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And it can manifest itself in so many ways. And it, it really does live in all of us by virtue of our past life memories, by virtue of ha what's happened in our lineages, by virtue of the collective experiences that we as women have had over centuries, millennia, mm -hmm. and the systematic oppression that's taken so many forms that's still affecting us in these lifetimes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of times in the West, it's we're doing it to ourselves at this point. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, women have always been both victims, and I'm using quotation marks here, and perpetrators of the power dynamics that we are exposed to. And I think it's important to recognize that as we start mm -hmm. to do the deep healing work. And we all have, whether it's explicit or more subtle, cellular memories of having been the perpetrators of violence and oppression and being at the receiving end of different kinds of abuse. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to start balancing this within ourselves, no matter how scary or difficult it might feel in the beginning but it's important that we come to a a space of understanding and a space of balance and acceptance of this within ourselves mm -hmm. yeah it's what i find that shows up for me is there's a cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. i'll find myself participating in something that on one level, it fits with the image I have of myself and the image that I want other people to have of me. And then there's a deeper knowing that there's this isn't right. Mm. But I and but I'll just give a quick example of that. Yeah. So um, there's a center in my town, and they um, it's all free of charge, but they help women who have been victims of domestic violence and rape and um, children who've been abused. And so I decided I was going to volunteer for them. So I I signed up to do a back to school event where they were, they had a booth set up. So they have a club that they invite children to in the high school and that teaches them about in middle school and high school and teach. And they have one for boys and one for girls that tries to teach them what healthy relationships are. Mm -hmm. So on paper, that all sounds good, right? So I'm like, okay, here I am donating my volunteering my Sunday afternoon to go and be the, you know, that that kind of person who volunteers and cares about others and all that. Well, as soon as I got there, I felt really uncomfortable. Mm. And but I wasn't really honoring that. And so there was part of me that was like my body didn't want to go into the building. Mm -hmm. And and I was, but then my mind was like, no, you volunteered. You're supposed to be here. You're a kind of person who keeps your commitments. And right. So I walk in and they were giving the children candy and popcorn and hot dogs and a shot in their arm. Oh, yes. And on all levels, I was like, like, it was like I, went, I basically went into shock. I disassociated from my body because I was like, okay, I'm on one hand. So there was this big cognitive dissonance. I'm here. I'm volunteering. I'm a good person. I'm doing good in the world. And 
I'm participating in, you know, for lack of a better word, poisoning children. Mm. That's, mm. that's what my body was saying, like my body knew, but my mind didn't want to know that. Uh-huh. So anyway, the work that I, so I stayed, I was there for an hour and then I came, it took me like the rest of that day to to make peace with the fact that I was complicit, hmm. that I stayed and I participated. And, you know, look at why I, why I didn't trust my body, why I didn't do what I felt was right, which was not participate. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy. No, no, it isn't. And, and, and thank you for sharing that because that in itself uh, took a lot of courage to put that out there. And I think what we're in so many ways, the current times that we're living in are an opportunity for us to go deeper in terms of doing that kind of self-reflection. And we're being provided with opportunities almost on a daily basis mm-hmm. to kind of choose who we want to be. And who we want to be out in the world as well. And where does our authenticity and integrity really truly lie? And what what, what are we choosing? What are we choosing for ourselves? What are we choosing for the world? Yeah. And, you know, it's like that version of myself is the safer version. Mm. You know, the version of myself that says, I'm not participating in this because the way I see it, we are, we're not, we're, we're actually doing harm to children, Mm. but I actually haven't had that conversation with, with the people that, and I'm not even sure I need to, I, I don't know, like, this is where I get caught up in, you know, is it enough that I just don't participate or I do, I need to say something too. Yeah, I find myself needing to decide and make choices around that a lot nowadays as well. And it really takes a lot of courage to to be able to speak up and to kind of discern where that speaking up is number one needed and number two safe and where it is better for all involved just to remain silent. Yeah. 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 It's, I, I have great um, respect for the women who've gone before who did speak up when it wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially when children are involved. Yes. You know, and speaking up may put your own children at risk. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But not speaking up puts them at risk in a different way. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Deep stuff. It is deep stuff. And I think in the middle of all of this, it, it is so very important to be, well, I use this term a lot, but really to root into love and remember that love is really the, the greatest elixir we have on this planet. Mm. And the more we're able to connect to the vibration of love and have that 
energy of compassion coming through from us, shining from us, no matter what is going on, the Mm -hmm. more we are doing for ourselves and for those around us as well. So despite all the difficult, complex, incredibly complex situations that we're being presented with at the moment, the more we can treat ourselves with compassion and treat others with compassion and catch ourselves when the judgment comes through, because it will. I notice myself judging all the time at the moment and having to really stop myself and say, okay, stop your judging come Mm -hmm. back (laughs) how can you bring more love and compassion into the situation and and approach it from that angle rather than staying in that you know vibration of judgment which is never good for anyone no no i i I do think that discernment is is different than judgment and sometimes Mm. i find myself shutting down my discernment, calling it judgment mm-hmm. when, mm. you know, it's, it is my right and responsibility to discern what is, what is right for me. True. Right. I mean, and, and that is my responsibility. Yeah. And yeah, it, you know, sometimes I think other people can feel judged just by you discerning that that's not right for you. Yes. Yeah, and again, that's their issue. I know. <laughs> not I your know. issue. But it's not so easy to deal with that in, in the 3D world that we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Lots of good, juicy work to be done for, you know, ourselves and those that we support and love. And Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and so many beautiful opportunities for growth and healing at the same mm-hmm. time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And and like you said, compassion, because I can so easily go into judging myself. Like, why did you stay when you didn't feel comfortable? And why did you do that? Well, I did the best I could. You know, maybe maybe next time I can t- make a different choice. Yeah, well, that's that's really is all, all that it's about, you know, mm-hmm. learning and being able to do better and, and better in quotation marks because we absolutely mm-hmm. do the best we can in, in all these situations. But yeah. w- what can we learn from that? How can we grow from that? And how can mm-hmm. we move forward on our paths with a deeper understanding of the dynamics that we live within at the moment? Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. Wow, I wasn't expecting us to go down this spiral (laughs) in this interview, but I'm glad that it came through because it is such an important topic to to be focusing on and and really openly and fearlessly to be talking about. Yeah, and trusting ourselves as women, Hmm. you know, and, and kind of coming back to what is sacred feminine power, you know, it's, it's that the power to know and stand in my truth in any given moment and it's the truth that my body's always showing me that's the other thing i know from my journey is that i can always trust my body always 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 and it's not you know it's i don't i don't have to listen to it you know i always have a choice but it's always going to be giving me information (laughs) that's right yeah yeah Absolutely. And that body wisdom and embodied action based on that body wisdom for me is a big part of sacred feminine power as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. 
Well, Laura, I, I could literally talk to you for hours, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we're going to have to start wrapping up slowly here. But if, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and, and work with you, where would they go? So my website is laurasolomon.com. I'm going to spell that because my Laura is spelled differently than you might expect and Solomon also. So it's L-O-R-A-S-O-L-O-M-O-N. Lots of O's in my name, laurasolomon.com. And I have a YouTube channel. There's some things on there and there are some, some videos on my website. And yeah, so reach out to me. I'm on. I'm also on Facebook. So yeah can find me in all those places and LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. And I understand you've got a gift for our listeners as well. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So I, I, I have two courses. One is a microdosing psilocybin course and the other one is a wounds to wisdom, a deeper dive course. And I'm going to offer your listeners 20% off of either one of those courses. And the coupon code is feminine revered. Beautiful. Thank you so much and for that. And that is, will be in, through the end of October, that discount. Lovely. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. Yeah. My, my well, honor. Hmm. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on to this podcast and for your vulnerability and your courage and for your wisdom. Really, really appreciate you and everything that you do in the world. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Hmm, thank you. Now, everybody, just for a moment, let's focus our awareness and our intention on this beautiful, deep energy that's been activated. And imagine sending this energy to everybody and everything on our planet to mm. remember that we are all truly one. And that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power, the more quickly our planet will also ascend and heal. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening.